Well, the media has half the world backing a terrorist state. Impressive. <laughs> quickly can i get myself canceled again <laughs> okay so ladies and gentlemen welcome back to this week's episode of the hemlock podcast um thank you so much for coming back thank you to the people who agree with me come back and are being so supportive and being very kind um i love you so much and to the people who totally disagree with me if you're here listening um thanks for listening i love you and uh please stop disliking all my videos <laughs> appreciate that um really quick before we get started uh make sure to like just like like subscribe blah 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 all that stuff um youtube especially a lot of dislikes on my videos on youtube because it's a lot of controversy when i first started so anyways uh jump in and like the videos on youtube that'd be hugely helpful um and then consider helping us out with the following so locals.com um hamlapodcast.locals.com you can become a financial supporter i'm gonna be launching my own website really quickly here uh, where you can become a financial supporter i'm looking at having like a membership and um like daily wire does with the leftist tears tumblr um something some kind of drinking device or something like that would be fun um not that we need help with drinking i'm gonna need a drink for this one um so support on locals.com is awesome i post exclusive content there that i don't post anywhere else so check that out five star rating on itunes it warms my heart to know that you guys are listening and liking and when you actually write reviews rather than just five star in it um that's even better it just like makes me smile um lets me know i'm doing something good which i appreciate <laughs> um and then lastly, uh, this one's more for you than for me. That's not true entirely, which still maybe a little selfishly motivated. Save yourself 40 bucks on your first good food box. Um, I've said this a bunch of times now, but my wife and I have tried all the good food boxes. We just had a Montreal spiced steak meal this week, a couple days ago, and it was like phenomenal. Best mashed potatoes I've ever had in my life. Delicious steak, delicious salad, unreal. Um, they're the best food subscription box out there, so save yourself 40 bucks on your first box. Um, Get yourself some like casual fine dining quality meals that you get to make yourself. Great for couples, great to like make a meal together. My wife and I do it all the time, it's fantastic. Anyways, um, that link is in the description or in the comments or wherever it is, depending on where this gets posted. So, okay, so I wanted to start off with a little history lesson here. Uh, following World War I, uh, France took over control of Canada. I don't know how many of you knew that actually, but France took control of Canada. Uh, 17 years later in 1936, the United States our southern neighbors, revolted against the French uh, and against their Canadian neighbors, right? So France formed a commission to decide what to do and decided that a two-state solution was best, right? So what they did is they gave the U.S. 80% of Canada's land, leaving 20% for Canadians. Uh, the Canadians accepted the offer, but the Americans did not. And they continued to violently attack Canada, right? Um, in 1947, France asked the UN to help solve the ongoing tension between Canada and the US. Um, the UN again suggested a version of the two-state solution, right? And again, Canada accepted it, but stubborn Americans, the US refused it, right? This time bringing along Russia, Greenland, Britain, and Japan to join in on the war against Canada. This is all, you can ask your grandparents about all this. Um, but against all odds, right, being totally surrounded by all the countries that surround Canada, Canada won the war and established themselves as the sovereign state of Canada, um, taking back much of the land that it had been denied, 
right? Before it had just been kind of like a conglomeration of people. It wasn't, it wasn't Canada yet, right? Um, <laughs> so basically what happened is it beat all the surrounding forces and then took land in the U.S. and actually some land in Greenland as well. Um, however, Canada wanted peace and talked about giving up land in exchange for that ideal. It's like an olive branch, right? So... Instead of accepting that, the coalition around it uh, got all together and basically gave them the three no's, which were their famous three no's were no peace, no recognition, and no negotiations, Canada, right? So much later in 2000, the Canadian prime minister met with the U.S. president and offered to give up the contested areas, right? Even sharing the capital city of Ottawa. Uh, But again, the U.S. president said no to absolutely everything, just unequivocally, right? Instead, the U.S. launched a series of suicide bombers killing or maiming thousands of Canadians. Um, In 2005, again, Canada completely evacuated the land to the south of Ontario. Um, Kind of some of the American land it had taken, it completely evacuated that land, displacing a bunch of the Canadian citizens living there. Um, And they gave it back to the U.S. Again, it's like an olive branch, right? However, instead of peace, the Americans moved in, wrecked house. I guess this is actually under Trump. later on uh <laughs> the americans moved in wrecked house destroyed the infrastructure and then used it as like a military staging area launching thousands of rockets into canada over the next few years um they fired rockets indiscriminately and it was only canada's brilliant technology um the iron beaver tail that was able to keep canadians safe <laughs> um, in 2008 the new canadian prime minister offered even more land than the 2000 proposition in order to achieve peace but again the new u.s president refused outright so <laughs> if you haven't guessed i'm not talking about canada and the u.s i'm talking about israel and palestine but to me hopefully that puts into context the ridiculousness of what we're talking about because um and it's pretty clear which side i line up on this and this is a nuanced issue this is i actually took a long time this episode's late um because episodes like this make me really nervous because they're complex issues. There's a lot of sides to them. There's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense that's been done on both sides, right? And I'm not going to get into everything. Um, but what I've noticed, again, is the misinformation being touted is you're only seeing one side from media. And, and again, friends of mine that are not super politically engaged um, just touting one side of the story. So the, the mission of this podcast is not to, like, discount anything messed up that he, that Israel has done um, or to relentlessly demonize the Palestinian people because there's a lot of innocent Palestinian people involved in this um, getting hurt in this whole conflict as well, right? Um, there's innocents being harmed on both sides and I just want to provide some kind of equivalence in the coverage of both sides um, because I don't think, in my opinion, there's not moral equivalency here and the side that's getting more support is mostly the aggressor and hint, it's not Israel. Um, so what's happened recently that, like, why am I talking about this? Why are people talking about this? Um, since this last Monday, 2,300, over 2,300 rockets have been shot into Israel, um, from Palestine. Uh, now to put that into perspective, most of the cities, um, within firing range of many of them are coming from the Gaza Strip means you have about 30 to 90 seconds to get into a bunker to find shelter before one of these rockets hits you. Except that, except for the what's called the Iron Dome, what I called the Canadian version was the Iron Beaver Tail, which is really stupid. But um, but the Iron Dome is a system basically that basically it uses rockets to shoot rockets out of the air. Um, so incoming rockets are shot out of the air by rockets targeting those rockets. So a lot of rockets, twenty three hundred in less than a week. That's insane, and they're indiscriminately targeting civilian areas, right? 
So we'll get into this kind of quickly. So a quick history. I'll give you the real history now. I gave you the fake history because I just want it to me. It's so ridiculous. So, so much of this stuff when you contextualize it, like between Canada and the U.S. If the U.S. right, imagine everyone hated Trump, right? If Trump just started firing rockets indiscriminately into Canadian cities, um, because of some like historic disputes and stuff like that are a lot more nuanced and, and like fleshed out than than most of us give it credit for. We just like post support of Palestine to make ourselves look good on social media again, right? Um, without knowing any of the history of the region um, and acknowledging any of any of the actual geopolitical circumstances that led to what's going on right now, right? Um, and, and mostly, I think anti-Semitism is a real thing. I think a lot of it comes from a place of anti-Semitism where it's just like, I'm astounded at how you're gonna, you can go through the facts that we're gonna go through today and still come out as Israel or the bad guys. Um, I'm kind of astounded by that, and I'll admit my bias right out of the bat. You're free to disagree, free to discuss. Um, if you have facts you think I haven't read about, I've had people, I, <laughs> I caught a bunch of crap just announcing that I was doing this episode. People thought I was ignorant, and none of them had any good arguments that were able to like kind of shoot down the information I saw. I shot them back, right? So, But if you think you have stuff that defeats what my arguments, Feel free to discuss. I'm always open to having my mind changed, but you got to bring it and bring it properly, right? Um, so a quick real history, not a satirical one. Uh, in 1947, the two-state solution was proposed by the UN. Basically, it just means Palestine will get a state, Israel will get a state, um, which the surrounding Arab countries around Israel, they were known as the Arab League back then, uh, responded by promptly attacking Israel and getting their asses kicked, essentially, right? Um, Israel trounced about six surrounding nations that attacked it all at once. Um, which is astounding in itself. Um, and then in that, they seized, they seized about 38% more of the land uh, than what was proposed in the initial solution, right? So um, why? Because they won a war against aggressive attacking nations that completely surround the little postage stamp-sized country that is Israel, right? Um, so... Fast forward to 1967, the surrounding Arab countries attacked again, right? This is again, this is four or five of them this time. Um, attacked again, and Israel won again, astoundingly, right? Um, this time, they seized the areas known as the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. West Bank, that's the area everyone's like pissed off about um, Israel building settled settlements in right now, um, which we'll get into later on. Um, but again, they offered more land in exchange for peace, and they were denied totally because the nations around Israel do not want Israel to be a nation. They don't recognize their sovereignty, and most of them want the annihilation of the Jewish people, right? Um, this happened again in 2000, uh, and then in 2005, um, what happened was Israel, and I actually have an uncle who visited the area before and after the Gaza Strip. Um, in 2005, they gave up. Israel unequivocally gave up the Gaza Strip, right, and forced all the Jewish settlers, um, the Jewish people, people living in the Gaza Strip out, um, and they gave the Gaza Strip over to Palestine, right? So um, what happened is the Gaza Strip went from being like this wealthy area that had like greenhouses, it was a flourishing area, uh, it went out to like a burnt out, a burnt out military staging area that basically Palestine, Palestinians, just Palestinian terrorist groups um, just used to launch rockets into Israel, right? So it's like, here's a bunch of land as a as an olive branch, and it, they were immediately turned on and, and shot at for it. Um, in 2008, Israel again offered more land. They were refused again. This is the cycle. I want you to get this. Israel ha has more, like, 
over and over and over again has offered land in, in exchange for peace. Israel has come to the table, been willing to talk, offering land, giving up stuff, and they have over and over and over again been totally refused um, by mostly the terrorist leaders of, of the Palestinians um, and been attacked by the surrounding countries uh, whenever they do give up land or even before they give up land, right? Um, I want you to get that cycle because that's important. Um, people always like to frame, and I think largely anti-Semitically, like to frame Israel as the aggressors here without acknowledging that Israel has more than once, um, multiple times, come to the table, offered peace, offered land, and just been totally denied because their enemies don't want to acknowledge them as a state at all, right? Um, and actually openly call for their, their annihilation. Um, so they, they're not calling for, this is, the, this is the thing, they're not calling for peaceful coexistence with Israel, right? Um, they're not calling. That's why they've refused a two-state solution so many. They've been offered that so many times throughout history. 1948, 1967, 2008, 2000. Um, they've been offered that so many times they always turn it down, right? Because they're not they're not seeking a peaceful solution. They're seeking Israel's annihilation, right? Um, and the Jewish people. Now, did I mention the population of Israel, right, is 20% Arab, um, has Arabs in their government, Arabs in their military, Arabs have equal human rights in Israel. Um, really quickly, try pausing this. Google the population, Google the Jewish population of the country surrounding Israel, and you'll have an idea uh, as to why I have an idea about who the good guys might be in this whole scenario. I don't know. Riddle me this. Um, so, what started it recently, right? The conflict recently, what started it? Because um, everyone's asking that, what's going on? Why did this suddenly explode, right? Um, and of course, there's a lot of factors here. I'll talk about a few of them. But let's start with the geopolitics, right? Um, a lot of this is caused because recently a guy named Mahmoud Abbas is, um, he's the head of the terrorist organization, uh, Palestinian Authority. They're like the government, the government of Palestine, uh, which is not a country, by the way. It's just a, it's a group of people that is governed by what's called the Palestinian Authority. They're a terrorist group. It's only slightly better than the Hamas, Hamas, another terrorist group. Um, Basically, um, Mah Mah Mahmoud Abbas is 15 years into a four-year term. <laughs> um, so uh, they were supposed to be a four-year term. I think it was back in back in 2000. What would that be? 2006, I guess. Um, 2006 was the last time they had an election there, and it was supposed to be a four-year term. And 15 years later, um, there's still never been another election. There was supposed to be May 22nd of this year, and he canceled it in April because overwhelming support amongst the Palestinian people said that basically. Hamas, the terrorist organization, was going to win that election. Um, so um, that's a scary enough fact on its own, right? And so we're talking about who's in the right, who's in the wrong here. The fact that a majority of the Palestinian people support Hamas, is it, it's, that's a scary enough fact on its own, honestly. Um, and again, a lot of the stuff that's happened to the Palestinian people um is tragic, right? There's innocent civilians that have been killed as a result of this conflict. That happens in war. Um, and, I'm, and sometimes I'm willing to admit it's gone too far. Israel's gone too far. But I'm going to talk a little bit about what Hamas is like. Um, and I would say that the Palestinians, the, ter the terrorist groups um, amongst the Palestinians have done far worse, and you never hear it talked about. Never hear it talked about. You just, you always hear the demonization of Israel, a bunch of anti Semitic bullshit. Um, 
and the other side is just simply not acknowledged, right? So let me tell you about who we're talking to, or who we're talking about. So this is from, um, this is an article from The Atlantic in 2014, uh, and I'm just going to read it in its entirety because I share a lot of these ideals, and I just found this article when I was prepping for today, and I'm like, this says it, says it better than I can, so I'm just going to read it. Um, we can thank former President Bill Clinton for perfect clarity in his comments about the chaos and horror of Gaza. In an interview on Indian television, Clinton, who told us in his memoir that Palestinian self-destructiveness in the form of Yasser Arafat's various delusions and prevarications undid his effort to bring about a two-state solution to the Middle East conflict, blames the Muslim Brotherhood's Gaza affiliate, Hamas, for adopting a policy of deliberate self-murder in order to present Israel with a set of impossible dilemmas. Hamas was perfectly well aware of what would happen if they started raining rockets in Israel, Clinton said. They fired a thousand of them, and they have a strategy designed in to force Israel to kill their own civilians so that the rest of the world will condemn them. So a couple things. The Atlantic, left-leaning article. Bill Clinton is a Democratic president. So let me. I'm using left-leaning sources and a Democratic president to talk to you about this. This is not that long ago. This is this article is from seven years ago, right? Um, when there was some sanity amongst the left in in dealing with these kinds of issues, right? We can thank Hamas for bringing its own form of clarity to the situation. This is the manner in which Hamas works. It builds reinforced bunkers for its leaders under hospitals and other must-avoid targets. By the way, I have my own sources again linked to in the description. Um, tons. I had someone asking me, what are examples of Hamas using human shields? So I have a whole bunch of articles linking to examples of that. Again, most of those are left-leaning. I think Washington Post and the Atlantic and Daily Mail, a bunch of them, um, New York Post. So it's a great cross-section of both left and right-leaning sources um, with clear evidence that Hamas does this all the time. So um, it builds reinforced bunkers for its leaders under hospitals and other must-avoid targets. We build military targets under hospitals. Awesome, uh, but purposely neglects to build. <clears throat> excuse me. But purposely neglects to build bomb shelters for the civilians in its putative care. From their bunkers, the leaders order rocket teams to target Israeli civilians. Hamas, which was responsible for the deaths of several hundred Israeli civilians during the second Palestinian uprising alone, has lately been less effective at killing Israelis, but nevertheless, the rockets keep launching. When you repeatedly fire rockets at civilian targets in a neighboring country, that country usually responds militarily. Go figure. <laughs> Civilians get killed during the Israeli response in part because Hamas rocket teams operate from sites that are among Gaza's most densely populated, and in part because Hamas stores its weapons in schools and mosques. So this is a terrorist militant organization storing their weapons in schools and mosques. Hmm, I wonder why civilians are getting killed. <laughs> Jeez. Which, again, is tragic, but when Israel's targeting military targets and they're basically putting military stories in civilian areas, whose fault is that? Um, the goal of Hamas, the actual overarching goal, is to terrorize the Jews of Israel through mass murder into abandoning their country. If generations of Palestinians have to be sacrificed to that goal, well, Hamas believes such sacrifices are theologically justified. So they feel totally cool with their own people getting killed um, in pursuit of wiping the Jews out. Bill Clinton is far from the only Western leader to understand Hamas strategy. President Obama, another Democratic president, uh, himself has spoken strongly about Israel's right to self-defense. Here is what he said Wednesday. As I've said repeatedly, Israel has a right to defend itself from rocket attacks that terrorize the Israeli people. There is no country on earth that can be expected to live under a daily barrage of rockets. Absolutely. Well, well said, Obama. <laughs> um, not everyone understands this principle. 
which is astounding to me. Uh, I'm not talking about anti-Jewish propaganda such as Turkey's Tayyip Recep Erdogan, a serial human rights violator who cynically accuses Israel of committing genocide, which, man, so you, that echoes every SJW activist accusing Israel right now. Um, I think he understands the principle discussed by Obama and rejects it because Obama is applying it to a Jewish country. I'm talking now about the myopia of, myopia of otherwise well-meaning people. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency, the institution that cares for Palestinians, but whose actual raison d'etre is the perpetuation of the stateless status of the descendants of refugees from 1948, recently tweeted this thought to its followers. Palestinian children in Gaza are experiencing, are experiencing severe trauma for the third time in five years. The effects are lasting. Entirely, miserably true. An alternative to this current horrible reality presented itself in 2005, when the Israeli government, after years of foolish and destructive colonization, expelled thousands of Jewish settlers from Gaza and then withdrew its army, right? Um, which again, we'll talk about the colonization and the settlement building, right? Um, which is again, it's a nuanced issue and you can fall down pretty easily and reasonably and rationally and morally on either side, right? Depending on who you're reading. Um, um, the Palestinian leadership could have taken the opportunity created by the Israeli withdrawal, so when they gave up territory, to build the nucleus of a state. Instead, Gaza was converted into a rocket manufacturing and launching facility. But here's a bit of good news. The people of Gaza, who suffer from Hamas rule, appear to be tired of it. And this is in 2014, they say they appear to be tired of it, because the recent elections which would go to prove the opposite recently. In a recent Pew poll, 63% of Gazans surveyed disapproved of Hamas. Perhaps this is because the people have come to realize that Hamas has brought them nothing but grief, sloganeering, and military defeat. Hamas is not only isolated inside Gaza. The latest round of the Hamas-Israel fight is notable for two reasons. The first is the seeming success of the Israeli-developed American-funded Iron Dome anti-rocket system, which has helped thwart Hamas' plan to terrorize, terrorize and murder civilians in Israel. The second reason is that Hamas has been shown to be almost entirely friendless in the region. The Egyptian government blames Hamas for this conflict, as do commentators across the Gulf. Relations between Hamas and its traditional backers, the Iranians and the Syrians, have deteriorated markedly. Hamas is in a weaker position than it has been in years, which gives Israel an opportunity if it chooses to take it. Some commentators, like the excellent Shlomo Avineri, believe that even Palestinian moderates such as Abbas are incapable of making final status compromises because they are genuinely uninterested in a solution of two states, two states for two peoples because they're unwilling to grant legitimacy to the Jewish right of self-determination. I don't disagree that many, many Palestinians fall into this category, but I'm not giving up yet. Where Avenari is right in his argument is that Israel must take the interim steps, regardless of Palestinian participation, to protect its democratic character. Israeli moderates must demand a complete halt to construction of the settlements, the evacuation of illegal outposts, a re-examination once the current tension has ebbed of the Israeli Defense Forces' deployment in the West Bank, and the removal of what remains of the Gaza blockade possibly in coordination with Egypt after the fighting ends. I'm not hopeful at all that the Netanyahu government will listen to such advice because myopia has shown itself to be the enemy of compromise and progress in Israel and not just in Gaza. So <clears throat> some, a lot of things I agree with in that article and some things I don't, right? Talking about the West Bank, um, there's a lot, there's a case to be made that making settlements and stuff in the West Bank has not been prudent. Um, the occupation of the West Bank, um, a lot of the UN says it is illegal. I would argue that it is actually legal because uh, international law allows that after a law you can occupy um, conquered territory, right? So it was because they were attacked and in that war they seized Gaza Strip and the West Bank and they have so far um, occupied the West Bank since then. 
that's an incredibly strategic area um, for Israel to defend itself, right? So if they were to give up the West Bank, and again, they gave up the Gaza Strip in 2005, so what what history do they have to prove that giving up the entirety of the West Bank would result in peace? No, because they gave up the entire Gaza Strip, and they've gotten nothing but grief and death and rocket attacks from that. So right now, they've militarily occupied the West Bank. Um, why should they give that up if they, there's no evidence that they would receive peace for doing that? Now, the settlements are a different thing, like actively going in and building settlements. Um, again, debatably legal um, and, and maybe not prudent. Um, but this is a tiny little nation surrounded on all sides by aggressors that has no evidence that there'd be peace if they gave up that land. So tough to make that decision if you're um, if you're Netanyahu. I'm actually I'm a Netanyahu fan myself. Um, guy's not perfect. No one is. But um, it's a tough scenario. It's a tough scenario. And to, and to not look at it, um, acknowledging everything we just talked about in the history of this area, where Israel has been attacked over and over again and has offered to give up land over and over again and has been attacked for it over and over and over again. Um, you're between a rock and a hard place. It's an impossible situation. Uh, and so for a bunch of these armchair SJW activists and, and, and even just regular people that have no knowledge of the history of the area to just unequivocally condemn Israel. Um, while there's literally thousands of rockets being, Israel's being barraged with, um, that you're not seeing reported in the news. What, what are we doing? Like we need truth, man. That's why I'm doing this is like, I know I have the unpopular opinions, but (laughs) the stuff no one's talking about, people are not by default. The media just lies and lies and misinforms and has an agenda. So it's like, there need to be people speaking up, saying the other side of the story. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, so what's happened recently, right? What's the, what's with the recent outburst of, of violence, um, with the last couple weeks here and how did it happen so quickly into Biden's presidency after four years of relative peace? Interesting. Um, even, I mean, Trump even accomplished the, the Abraham Accords. So, like, literally Israel's making peace deals with other countries in the Middle East. And, like, four months into Biden's presidency, all this stuff starts blowing up. Like, hmm, interesting. Um, it's weird when you have a weak, dementia-addled president um, that terrorists think they can take advantage of because they won't support their allies. Interesting. Um so this is from the Times of Israel. Uh, again, source in the description. Intense Arab rioting broke out in the central Israeli city of Lod last Tuesday, with three synagogues and numerous shops reportedly set on fire, along with dozens of cars. The government declared a state of emergency in the Jewish Arab city and urgently dispatched several border police companies to work to restore order. And this is this is a city. It's actually a Jewish Arab mixed city. So you have about seventy percent Jews, thirty percent Arabs in that city. Um, and up until recently, they were living in peace. It was like kind of a kind of a model city in in Israel. Um, and then recently, um, it's just all blown up, right? Because of Hamas support spreading through the area. Um, some residents reported power was cut in their homes and petrol bombs were thrown through their windows, Channel 12 News said, and police acknowledged having to escort some residents from a community center to their homes as Arab mobs marauded in the streets. A local man, 56, 56 was seriously hurt when hit by a slab in his car and was hospitalized. Another local resident was seriously hurt. The mayor, Yarivivo, said City Hall, forgive me if I mispronounced that, uh, Yair Revivo, maybe, <laughs> said City Hall and a local muse- museum were also attacked and compared the situation to the Nazis' 1938 Kristallnacht program, uh, pogrom. 
Civil war is breaking out, he said, lamenting that decades of coexistence efforts had collapsed. This is a peaceful coexisting city up until recently. Um, a lot of it has to do with what's been called the the TikTok intifada as well. So literally, um, it's like it's a term that's been coined because on TikTok recently, uh, there's been videos of like like Arabs just like beating the shit out of out of Jews in Israel, right? Um, attacking them, filming it, slapping them on subways, like that kind of stuff, right? Um, and filming it. There's been tons of that. It's got its own hashtag on TikTok, um, and they called it the TikTok intifada. So there's been a lot of anti-Jewish hatred recently um and we talked about uh, a lot of that stemming from broadening support for hamas uh in the wake of these elections right so mahmoud mahmoud abbas does not want to lose power uh because of broadening support of hamas hamas was slated to win that election so he canceled that election um and now you have a lot of palestinians acting out in response to that um so um and again as always, Hamas has been firing from civilian sites. Um, there are videos, you can see videos on Twitter of like people, um, or like these rocket batteries shooting from like the middle of streets in like apartment complexes. So people are like, oh yeah, show me that Hamas is using human shields. Well, why are you firing rockets from the middle of an apartment complex? Like, what do you expect to happen if Israel wants to take out the rocket battery? They suddenly have to target the middle of an apartment complex to stop thousands of rockets being fired at civilian areas. Um, and you can look up, you can look up videos of this. Like this is not like a hidden, it's not like a hidden thing. Um, there's videos all over the place of like, you can look up like the Iron Dome, um, which is a miracle of <laughs> military science. Um, like look at how Thousands of rockets being shot into civilian areas are being taken out by what's called the Iron Dome. And you have people with the audacity um, to talk about, uh, like, this isn't proportional. This isn't a proportional response. Um, how dare Israel respond by, like, like, you see a lot of buildings getting knocked down recently, right? Um, I got, okay, for example, this is a good example. I got into a discussion with, uh, with like, a leftist friend of mine who likes to call me out all the time. Um, and I love talking with you. I really do. You know, if you know who you are, <laughs> but I just think you're wrong all the time. Um, and I love that you still still engage because honestly, it's a it's fun and it sharpens. I hope it sharpens both of our opinions. Um, but um, he just threw the casualty toll at me. So obviously, right, you have a lot more Palestinians, uh, a lot more Palestinian casualties um, than Israeli ones, right? Um, more Palestinians have died and been injured than than on Israel's side. Um, guess where else that happened? Oh, it's weird. Uh, wait, 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 way more Germans died in World War II than Americans. So by that logic, the Americans were the bad guys in World War II? Nope, not how that works. <laughs> um, so casualty souls don't mean anything about who's in the right. They have nothing to do with it, right? The Nazis lost a lot more people than the Americans in World War II. Nothing to do with who was in the right of that war, right? Um, so he sent me a picture of like showing me a graph of like the different the casualty differentiation of this whole this whole thing, um, but pause and ask yourself: 
what what would the death toll look like in Israel if they didn't have the Iron Dome? Because you can look at these rocket batteries, and it's sort of like I, I might have a video just overlaid on top of this, or some pictures of some of these rockets being fired. But it's like these rocket batteries are going foo 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 foo, like it's a rocket every every second, right? Um, like I said, twenty three hundred rockets since this last Monday. That's six days, right? Now in less than six days, you have over twenty three hundred rockets being blasted into Israel. Um, targeting civilian areas, right? So I said, if Trump's just targeted Vancouver, right, with thousands of rockets, what the hell do you think Canada's reaction should be to that, right? So if they didn't have the Iron Dome, which is amazing and shooting these rockets out of the sky, what would the death toll be like in Israel? If they didn't have an incredible defense system, um, what there'd be no equivalency at all it's just because they're really good at defense they haven't lost thousands of more people meanwhile israel on the other side to give you like the opposite perspective they're literally everyone's like freaking out because they blew up a, a few buildings in 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 palestine or in gaza um literally what they do and there's a there's video evidence of this i might post this on the pot in the video part of the podcast or i'll have it linked um there literally is a video of the israeli defense forces calling um, calling people in these buildings that they're that they're tar- about to target, so they're sacrificing the element of surprise. They're literally calling people, going, "Hey, we're gonna blow up this building. Get all the civilians out. Get out of the area." Uh, and then what they'll do is they'll use what's called a, like a roof knocking bomb. Basically, like, it's like a it's like a harmless bomb that just shakes the building, uh, as a, but it doesn't do any structural damage to it. So they hit it with the roof. They hit this the roof of the buildings they're attacking with a roof knocker. It lets everyone know, like, get the hell out of there, and then they blow it up. So they're like doing everything they can to minimize civilian casualties when they're targeting everyone's freaking out this building today was knocked down I can't remember the name of it um like oh my god there's like there's a whole bunch of like residential like apartments in this building and it's the offices of Al Jazeera news outlet there and like and they just casually forget to mention that it's also used as like Hamas military coordinating offices like <laughs> just forgot to leave that part out whoopsie daisy right I'm a journalist in 2021 frick off like it's amazing to me so what they do is they literally get everybody out of the building they warn everybody they're about to do it because Hamas is using this to coordinate um they throw a couple new roof knockers to like get everybody out of the building and then they blow up the building and that's evil apparently that's that makes Israel the aggressor right um Shooting thousands of rockets at civilian areas. That, nothing wrong with that. But pff, letting everyone know to evacuate the building, the military target you're about to take out, that that means they're the evil ones, right? Give me a break. Like, wake up. <laughs> it's, 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 it's infuriating. It's honestly like, it just astounds me how, how bald-faced the lies are getting. Like, how bold they are um and just being completely disingenuous about everything. Um, and again, you think I'm being disingenuous. Go ahead. Call me out. Let me know. I'm more than willing to have the discussion. I'm operating off the information I know. I'm not infallible. I can't know it all, right? But um, you're sure as hell not going to see this in mainstream news or in most of the, just even the casual people who don't know much about the situation, just posting about it to virtue signal for Palestine, right? Um, So if you're going to comment on things, do the work, do the effort, right? Look at multiple sources because this nonsense virtue signaling making myself look good without knowing anything at all about the history or the context of these conflicts is ridiculous. Um, so I want to read this uh, this um, this quote uh, from Ian Hayworth uh, for Daily Wire. Um, he says, in order to debunk the insanity that is grossly disproportionate retaliation, um, oh, sorry, so he's, he's basically referencing someone who was saying that 
what Israel's doing in response to this, to the thousands of rockets being launched at their citizens, um, is grossly disproportionate retaliation. So he responds saying, uh, in order to debunk the insanity that is the grossly disproportionate retaliation line, we have to ask, what would be proportional? Hamas and other Palestinian terrorist groups routinely target Jewish Jewish civilians. In recent years, their chosen strategies have included indiscriminate rocket fire targeting Jewish neighborhoods. On Tuesday alone, a school in Israel was hit as terrorists fired more than 130 rockets in under five minutes, with thousands of rockets being fired from the Gaza Strip in recent days. So, in objective terms, Israel is facing the reality of random rocket fire targeting civilians. In this context, a truly and immoral proportional response, quote-unquote, would be would mirror would be to mirror such attacks, firing hundreds of rockets at random with the explosive landing wherever gravity dictates. Schools, homes, hospitals, who cares if we follow the disgusting and hateful logic of Hamas? He's absolutely right on that. Um, except Israel, because its military has a foundation of basic morality, unlike Hamas, does not do that. Instead, they execute pinpoint strikes against terrorist targets. They go after individual terrorist leaders, they destroy launch sites, they destroy weapons depots. They do what any military on earth would do, attempt to neutralize the threat against their own citizens, while attempting to reduce collateral damage as much as possible. Now, the reason Palestinian civilians are harmed in the process is not because Israel is actively trying to harm them. It's because Hamas uses civilian areas as their base of operations. Yes, harm to any any innocent life, including innocent Palestinian civilians, is tragic. But to place the blame for their harm upon anyone other than the terrorists using them as human shields is an act of colossal intellectual dishonesty and moral depravity. Given the lengths Israel goes to protect Palestinian life while simultaneously protecting Jewish life, Critics should be forced to answer one question. If targeting terrorists with pinpoint precision is disproportionate, what would be a proportional response? If the answer is nothing, they are proving that this isn't about loving Palestinians. It's about hating Jews. And that's where I kind of want to wrap this up, is that I think so much of this comes to just comes down to straight anti-Semitism. I think if you read history, um, anti-Semitism is a clear and present force. Um throughout mankind and throughout the history of mankind and you see it manifested in somehow the only liberal democracy in the Middle East um, Tel Aviv has the largest gay pride parade in the world by the way uh, whereas homosexuals are thrown off of roofs in many of the surrounding countries outright killed or dragged through the streets behind trucks like um, you want to talk about women's rights huge violators grossly many of the countries surrounding Israel you have a country that's 20% Arab Arabs are allowed to vote in the government in the military there's no Jews in the surrounding countries riddle me that Batman tell me who the aggressors are tell me who the bad guys are again please read up on the history read up on how many times Israel has been attacked um People call them expansionist or imperial or whatever it is. And it's just like, no, they've been attacked over and over again. And they just keep winning the wars. And they get more land in the process. And there's no incentive for them to give up land when every time they do that, they get attacked. You wouldn't do it. Why the hell do you expect Israel to do it? It's either, it's two reasons. It's ignorance or blatant anti-Semitism, I think. Um... And again, willing to having my mind change if you can bring some information that, that would change my mind. Um, but it's troubling to me even when I saw, like I sort of started to see this happen in my own life just amongst even Christians I knew back then that I thought were like growing up and kind of, I'm not like, by the way, I'm not like a 
I don't, I don't approach this from like a, from like a religious place. Um, I'm a Zionist, I guess, in the sense that I believe Israel deserves their historic home, right? Because um, the only reason it's called Palestine is guess who called it that? The Romans that took it over from the Jews. Um, so historically, it is their land, right? It was taken over by, um, I mean, the Ottoman Empire owned it before World War One, and after they, they, they lost World War I, um, Britain took it over, and Britain was the one largely deciding what would happen there, right? And they proposed the two-state solution in the 30s originally, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but to say that it's like, it's always, it's the historic home of the Palestinians. and Pal- Like Palestine wasn't a place. Like literally the Romans called that to wipe out any any resemblance to the Jewish state it had been forever, right? Um, for thousands of years leading up to the Roman occupation of, of, of Israel. Um, and so I have a really hard time seeing how a state that doesn't exist, right? It was a mix of Jews, Palestinians, and uh, Jews, Arabs, and, and Christians actually, um, at the end of the, the Ottoman Empire, um, that you have so much misinformation saying, like, this is a Palestinian state. It's a country that's never existed, by the way. It's never been recognized by anyone. Um, and you have people just lying about it constantly, constantly saying, like, the Palestinian, like, Israel's an apartheid state, blah, blah, blah. blah. Not, true. Not true. If you talk about the West Bank, they were literally attacked and they seized that land after they were attacked. And why would they give that up? Why would you give? You wouldn't do that. If you let's talk about your backyard, right? So let's say your your neighbor is kind of an asshole, <laughs> and 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 what happened is that like you guys had kind of some land disputes, and your other neighbor, like let's say the the neighborhood strata came in, is helping you kind of like decide how to figure it out, right? And now oh, you moved your fence and blah, blah blah, all that kind of stuff, right? So like, well, let's say what happened is like you have a backyard, and your neighbor keeps like I don't know chucking. <laughs> grenades over <laughs> chucking grenades over your over the fence into your backyard when your kids are running around right um and you're like look i'm a, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you like a big strip of land i'm gonna increase i'm gonna go back to what you wanted originally the strip of backyard i'm gonna move the fence over so you can have more of a backyard like the backyard you wanted right um <laughs> And then all they did is that just were able to like, okay, now I can reach your house with the grenades. <laughs> like now, okay, your tar- your house is actually in range. So I'm going to move into the land you just gave me uh, and start lobbing grenades even closer to where you live, right? And then the land on, like, let's say your other neighbor, <laughs> right, or whatever, or let's say same neighbor has a wraparound backyard, right? <laughs> it goes around to the other side. Um, I'm trying to make this like the West Bank and Gaza Strip, which are on opposite ends of east and west of Israel. Anyways, um... If you owned that big chunk on the other side of the backyard and they wanted that too and, and you actually had gotten that from them earlier, but the land you just gave them over here, they kept lobbing grenades even closer, why would you give them the other chunk back? You wouldn't do that because people are lobbing grenades at your house. You wouldn't do that, right? Dennis Prager has a great quote. If, if Israel put down its arms today, by tomorrow, there would be no Israel. If the surrounding countries put down their arms today, by tomorrow there would be peace in the Middle East. And I I think if you're honest with yourself, you just know that on an intuitive level. There would be peace in the Middle East if the surrounding countries laid down their arms. But if Israel decided to do it, give up the Iron Dome defense and 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 stop attacking military targets, they'd be annihilated. The countries around them, not not sorry, not all the countries around them, but um, at least the Palestinians, like the terrorist groups in, in Palestine, have openly called for that their entire existence. So 
don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. Um, and I hope, I hope this has been informative. I hope it's been, um, a, a grain of truth or at least presenting the opposite side that you haven't heard. Um, make sure to share it, like subscribe, five star rating on, on Apple podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, I really appreciate, I've had a great conversation with some friends and some friends, um, went out to a brewery locally and had a fire with them and just got into a bunch of this stuff, a bunch of politics and stuff. And, and God, it's so fun. It's so fun. And it's such a reminder of like, the stuff is important and needs to be talked about. Um, and that's the way it changes, right? So I hope you just take what you learned here, some of the facts in the history and think about it critically, Google it yourself. I don't care. I got thick skin. If you think I'm wrong, give me some, give me some sources you think I'm wrong for, right? Or wrong about, um, because that's why I say this stuff is because the more dissenting opinions we have, the sharper all of our opinions get. And uh, I do, but I do think the most important thing to do is talk to people in your life about this kind of stuff. Um, all that's required for evil or the lies to triumph is that good men don't do anything or, or don't tell the truth. And so um, tell the truth, be bold, have the conversations, use the knowledge and, and have these have these talks with people in your life, um, people that you know are spouting misinformation intentionally or otherwise. Um, and I think that's how we start to take the culture back slowly, inch by inch in, uh, in real life conversations, um, being bold to do that. So much love. Um, as always, uh, I love you all. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the Hemlock Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's Hemlock Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Tell them to subscribe because if you loved it, then they're going to love it too, obviously. Also, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps us a lot with the charts. And if you're not going to leave us five stars, then forget about it. Don't worry about it and enjoy the rest of your day. Lastly, head on over to thehemlockpodcast.locals.com to become a supporter and receive access to exclusive content and ad-free versions of the Hemlock Podcast. Love you so much for listening. Let's continue to ride out this increasingly insane world with irreverence and joy. This is your host, Patrick Jolliker, and bye. Much love, y'all. Peace.